Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Julie R., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, August 29th. It's a 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 89 with the second paragraph, Life Will Take on a New Meaning. We'll be reading through two paragraphs, ending with, To Be Helpful is Our Only Aim. We will be commenting on both. Today's readers are Allison L., Lisa H., Leslie M. The share ID for Monday, August 28th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 10,357. For the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, it's 10,359. The newcomer greeter is Deb W., and our host after meeting is Gina R. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Leslie M. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Leslie M. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Long Island, New York, and here are the 12 steps. We admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Uh, And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much. I will now ask Sherry G. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Sherry G. from Chicago, recovering uh, compulsive overeater, the 12 traditions. 
One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our primary relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share. But we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic in the literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive eaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 89, starting with the second paragraph. Life will take on new meaning, meaning we will read through two paragraphs ending with, to be helpful is our only aim. Comments on both. I will now ask Leslie M. to begin reading. Oh, I'm sorry. This is Allison L. I thought I was reading. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Allison. Okay, thank you. Good morning, this is Allison L., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Ohio. Life will take on new meaning. To watch people recover, to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish, to see a fellowship grow up about you, to have a host of friends. This is an experience you must not miss. We know you will not want to miss it. 
Frequent contact with newcomers and with each other is the bright spot of our lives. Perhaps you are not acquainted with any drinkers who want to recover. You can easily find some by asking a few doctors, ministers, priests, or hospitals. They will be only too glad to assist you. Don't start out as an evangelist or reformer. Unfortunately, a lot of prejudice exists. You will be handicapped if you arouse it. Ministers and doctors are competent, and you can learn much from them if you wish. But it happens that because of your own drinking experience, you can be uniquely useful to other alcoholics. So cooperate, never criticize. To be helpful is our only aim. Starting my timer. Good morning again. This is Allison L., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Ohio. Life will take on new meaning. Yes, life has taken on new meaning for sure. Um, before recovery in most of my life in the disease, it was like uh, I was drowning, just trying to paddle and keep my head above water. And I thought that um, what I thought I wanted my life to be, to be thin, to be able to eat like a normal person, um, to be successful, uh, have a lot of money, all the things I thought I wanted. Um, in recovery, I find that life has taken on new meaning because those are not the things I want. I've been rescued from the water, um, uh, and and now I just I want to help others get out of the water. That's that's the new beautiful meaning, and to have true friendships like I've never known before with people who have also escaped the the, the death of of drowning in the water. Um, people I've never even met. Um, people that I talk to on the phone, that's the bright spot of my day, um, talking to those people who get it. They've um, got this new new life and together, and, and we get to be grateful for that together and help others. And uh, I would not want to miss that, even though it's different than what I had expected. I'm, I'm so excited for it. Um, I... There are so many ways that we can help others um, and perhaps not acquainted with anybody who wants to recover. This line is is such a blessing, this meeting that we're on right now. Every day there are people who who are asking for help, and every day we have the opportunity to put our name out to help others. Um, So so it's so simple. Um, It does require getting out of our comfort zone and picking up the phone and, and calling others and accepting those calls. And it used to be that um, when I would pick up a call, I would, um, when I would see my phone ring, I, I would get a little panic attack and not want to answer. Um, but now it's like, oh, yay, somebody's calling me. It's just changed. Um, I used to, to call and hope that nobody would, would answer and I'd get an answering machine. Now I call and I hope that somebody does pick up the phone. Um, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a stay-at-home mom with three little boys right now. And, uh, my idea of a wonderful vacation away would be a spa or a beach vacation. Um, and I've not yet been away by myself with, without my family. Um, and I, I get that opportunity and where am I going to go? I'm going to go to New Jersey and be with my friends. Um, that that's how my life has changed. Um, that's what I want to do with my free time. And I can't wait to meet all of you, um, in September the 15th, 16th and 17th. I'm greatly looking forward to it. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much, Allison L. And who would like to share on the two paragraphs that were read on page 89? This is Larry. Charles Larry. Larry. Charles. 
Okay, hold on a second. Before Char after Charles, I think it was Katie, maybe. No. Kim J. Oh, Kim. Sorry. Okay. Nessa R. Barbara E. Okay, two people at once said their name. Barbara E. Lauren N. Lauren N. Gotcha. Anyone else? Roz G. Roz G. Okay, let's stop there. So Larry K. followed by Charles H. Don't hear you, Larry. Oh, so sorry. So sorry. <laughs> Good morning. It's uh, Larry K., recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. You know, they talk about, we're talking about, uh, I'll focus on, uh, this is an experience, you know, this this experience that we don't want to miss. And um, boy, oh boy, I've, I've had the opportunity to, to not miss this experience of carrying this message and seeing people, uh, seeing lives change and transform. And, um, you know, to me, um, you know, when, when, when they talk about the experience, I know in the original manuscript of the, uh, of the big book, um, step 12 was, uh, they, they used the word experience um, ver, uh, as opposed to awakening. And then it was later in step 12, it was, it was changed to awakening. And, um, you know, that experience for me was a transformation as the result of these steps, these steps that, you know, that we take in sequence and we do them and, and a, and a change comes about. And, um, and for me, you know, the change was uh, was gradual, certainly gradual. It was not a, a white light type of experience for me, but it was a tremendous, tremendous change that I only see now in reflection. You know, over the years, I see it in reflection. And, and the beauty of the change that's happened in me and that I've seen in so many other people is it's, uh, it's progressive in nature, just as we talk about the disease being progressive in nature. Oh, it, it certainly is. But the the spiritual awakening, the unfolding of this transformative experience, this God change, this is really what it is. I don't know how to articulate it other than to say that, that God has changed me, and I've seen that in so many other people. If you're willing to do, if you're willing to do the work, it's, it's certainly contingent, right? It's, it's not going to happen, uh, you know, you're, you're, it's not going to happen just by osmosis, you know, by hanging around. You have to work the steps. And for me, I've seen people, and it's not, what I'll say too is the, uh, the physical transformations are, are certainly um, important, and, uh, and they're pretty dramatic in some cases, and they catch our eye, you know. But that's probably the least of what I've seen in the changes in people. I've seen relationships improve. I've seen uh, people that, have, that, that, that they were in depressed, full of anxiety, fear was their constant companion. They were tethered to all these things, and they're not anymore. And they're, they're able to be of maximum service to their higher power and to those about them. That, to me, is the dramatic change. And I'm uh, just so very grateful for this program and to see it in other people. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Charles H., followed by Kim G. Thank you, Julie, for your service. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. Don't start off as an evangelist or a reformer. I want to drill down right there. That that right there is a, is a powerful sentence. Um, 
and and look how beautiful Bill wrote that, composed that. Unfortunately, you will be handicapped. Um. Wow, I think that was so submissive of him to say it like that. Um. Sponsorship, I learned through bruises and pain that <laughs> it's it's almost like being a uh, a mother crocodile. Not 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 saying because you know what I need those eggs. I need to carry those eggs because those eggs are really carrying me. Um, and we're gonna learn that. In, in a couple of paragraphs, that we should be listening to the prospect. We shouldn't just be shooting off, hey, this is what you need. I don't know what you need. I don't know what you expect from me. So what I've been doing through evolving is I've been listening to what the potential prospect wants. And the 12-step, I love how Janice Sam always says this, and I love it. Having had a spiritual awakening, we tried. We can't carry the attic. The attic is heavy. We can carry this message in this book, and we, we get the opportunity and the honor and the pleasure. And like Dr. Bob says in his nightmare, it's a, it's a sense of duty. It's a pleasure. And he got a couple of other reasons also. Uh, I think we talked about it yesterday. It's insurance against a slip because it's going to happen if I don't carry this message. And that's all I got this morning. And, oh, yeah, Julie, I did make that donation. And with that, okay. I pass. Thanks, Charles. Um, Kim G., you're next, followed by Nessa R. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Perhaps you're not acquainted with any drinkers who want to recover. You know, really, that has been my experience. I'm acquainted with a lot of compulsive overeaters. A lot of compulsive overeaters attend a vision for you, for example, what I, the way that I say it is many people want to want to sponsor, but very few people actually want to be sponsored, meaning they don't want to take direction. You know, I have to tell you, my phone has been um, you know, blowing up the last couple of weeks. You know, at the end of the summer, people are desperate now. You know, during, the, during the summer, when you're at a barbecue and you've got a hot dog in one hand and a, and, a, and a beer in the other, nobody wants to do any work. Now everyone's starting to get desperate. So for those of you who are not at step 12, those of you who are not in working with us, and those of you who specifically might be in the food right now, ask yourself, are you sponsorable? You know, are you willing to put the food down 100%? Are you done? You know, we often hear about, well, my sponsor fired me, and it sounds so mean, and what, you can't be being mean to people. But let me just tell you my experience when people say that I fired them. You know, I'll take someone through the doctor's opinion, and I'll ask them to put the food down 100%. And they say, well, I'm willing to put it down 80%. I don't think this food is a problem. I, I'll put everything down but that one. And I'll say, no, unless you're willing to put the food down 100%, we can't move forward. Quote, unquote, therefore I fired them. You know, if someone picks up in the middle of the steps, what does my book tell me? I have to go back to step one. And someone doesn't want to go back to step one, therefore, quote, unquote, I fired them. You know, if, if, if they get, have an assignment... And they called me and they didn't do the assignment. I said, well, call me back at the next appointed time because we are here to do work. I quote, unquote, and fired them because I wasn't willing to let them not get, get away with not doing the assignment. You know, often people will call, well, I just need you to be my food sponsor. I don't do that. If you just have a food problem, go to the conventional diet program. 
Well, then I quote-unquote fired them. A lot of people just want a life coach. I just want to talk to you about my problems. I mean, I don't want to eat right now. And I'm not saying I don't take phone calls like that. But if you want me to sponsor you, if you want a spiritual awakening so I can guide you through these steps, we have some work to do. And if you just want someone to complain about your life with, I don't have the time for that. You know, I often another one is that people hear very, you know, we have a variety of personalities on this, on this phone. I often get phone calls, I need you to sponsor me. And what I do is I offer, I don't have time, I offer all my sponsees phone numbers. That's a gig. If you work with me, you have my, your name's going to go out there as available to sponsor. But they don't want that. So if you, if you are in that place and you call someone, ask them who they sponsor. Be open to that. And I'll end with this. If you are not ready, Bill Wilson will come back, come back from his grave and nothing's going to happen. But if you are ready and willing to do this work, believe me, Mickey Mouse can sponsor you. And with that, I pass. Nessa R. Thank you, Kim. Nessa R. Followed by Barbara E. Hello. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, great. Um, this is Nessa R. Recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Don't start out as an evangelist. Um, you know, um, what this tells me is that it is not my job to um, convince anyone. You know, like one of our slogans is attraction rather than promotion. I don't need to promote. I don't need to convince anybody. Um, not outside the rooms and certainly not even in the rooms. Um, there's a lot of people who come into the rooms who um, are just looking for a diet, and it is not my job to convince them they, that they are compulsive overeaters. You know, that's a diagnosis that they have to come upon themselves. Um, but even if they do believe that they are compulsive overeaters, it is also not my job to convince them that they have to pick up um, this uh, simple program of action. They don't have to do um, what I did. That's also a determination they have to come on their own. You know, because if I convince them, um, again, what is this, the, the, the little slogan, a person convinced against their will is of the same mind um, still. So it's just not going to work. It's not going to stick. It's not going to endure. You know, oftentimes I, I meet people on the street outside of the rooms who knew me when I was almost 200 pounds. And, you know, people who may be struggling with the weight, and of course they're curious because everybody's looking for the, for the easy fix. Um, and they ask me, so what did you do? And I, I tell them a little bit about the food. I don't say a lot. I say, you know, this is how I used to eat and this is how I eat now. And if you want to find out more, you know, give me a call. And that's a way for me to, to test, you know, their resolve, how serious they are, you know, how, how interested and willing um, they are to, to, to try something new. And, and most often than not, people don't, people don't call me. People don't call back. Um, and in the rooms, you know, I find that, um, people who, who are convinced they are compulsive overeaters are still trying to find the easier, softer way, you know. Uh, who wants to do all this work? Who wants to give up sugar and flour for the rest of our lives? Who wants to, to stop eating chocolate forever? Uh, and who wants to, like, do all the work to the steps day in and day out and work with other people? It's very time-consuming, so it's human nature that uh, people want to look for this easier, softer way, no matter... How, how long they have tried and failed. But it is not my job 
to convince them that this is what they need to do. Um, only uh, desperation will open up their minds. Only pain and suffering um, can really do this for them. And all I can do is is be there for them, uh, be a role model, be a power of example, be a walking big book, and be ready to help um, um, even when they are ready. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Barbara E. followed by Lauren N. Good morning, everyone. This is Barbara E. On this, uh, on this unfortunate day for all the people of Texas, I can't help but remember the story of a woman, myself perhaps, desperately swimming to get onto a ship that she's missed. And people keep yelling out, Barbara, drop the rock. And I didn't understand what they meant. I kept swimming, but the ship seemed getting to be getting further away. And they kept yelling, Barbara, drop the rock. I looked and I had strings with rocks attached to them. They were weighing me down. Those rocks were my controlling nature, my thinking that I could do this on my own. I could not. I had to be willing to cut those strings and swim to the boat, the safety of the boat and the hands reaching out to me. And then I, in turn, wanted to do the same thing for other people who seemed to be desperately swimming toward the boat. I want this. I am such an eager person. It's a spiritual awakening. If, if people are willing to work this program, it really works. It took me 20 years in this program before I started working with another visionary and that wonderful person helped me to really understand and get to a different place in my life. I don't bring up God with anyone who asks me, well, how did I lose over 100 pounds? I talk about OA. If the subject comes up at a later date, I will do that. I understand I'm just a vessel for my higher power, and my vessel has some serious cracks in it. So I have to remember to be a humble listener and try not to criticize and not to judge other people. They must be willing. They must be willing to work. Read the big book. Get abstinence. Go back to the doctor's opinion if they pick up again. But the joy of working for others is so wonderful. And my credibility as another compulsive overeater is just what makes it possible. But they have to be accountable and I have to be accountable. And I am so grateful to be here this morning with you. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Lauren N., followed by Roz G. Good morning, visionaries. This is Lauren N. Can you hear me? Yes. Um, what a wonderful um, meeting this has been. Um, it's amazing how much I've learned by being a sponsor. And I know that this is part of how this program works, it's only through the through the big book, through the steps, 
that you that I have had the awakening to realize that I like to or that I have chosen to live life or had chosen to live life as a victim and for today I'm no longer that victim and thank God for that thank God for the fact that I can today realize that that doesn't work it's not good for me and only through giving this away do I get that only through sponsorship and fellowship picking up the phone which sometimes someone said to me just this morning how the phone feels like it's a thousand pounds and boy do I understand that but when I do it I feel so much better and it's that proof that I feel so much better that helps me give it away Thank you all for being on the line. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lauren N. Roz G., you're next. Good morning. I needed, yeah, thank you. I needed to unmute. Good morning, everybody. This is Roz G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in uh, Los Angeles County. And um, I love the fact that. Ebby Thatcher made a big mistake when he first uh, was talking to Bill when he said, I've got religion, because he, he, he showed us what not to do. And um, I'm glad that, that, that there's honesty in this book and that people make mistakes. When I was first in OA, when I, you know, in my early days in OA, I had no clue on how to be a sponsor. And I believe that sponsorship um, takes practice over the years. And um, as a compulsive overeater who is, you know, overweight, um, I didn't, I never liked anybody to to tell me about anything that had to do with with um, dieting or losing weight or Roz, you need to lose weight or which which really you know brought me into overeaters anonymous in the first place but my sister told me well you could stand to lose a few pounds and i was so pissed off and whenever i share that in meetings people women mostly women um shake their heads up and down because i find that women don't like to tell you for, for you to say anything to them about their weight i did not and i really kind of still don't but though that's what I did in the early days when I would see people at my job, uh, the old job that I had, and I saw there were these two really obese women there, and I went and talked to them about Overeaters Anonymous, and both of them gave me dirty looks and didn't speak to me for quite a while. Um, So I've had some, you know, maybe not so fun experiences, kind of painful uh, in the past. So it's taken me a long time to to learn through many mistakes and um i think uh what i heard earlier about people who not are not ready i think to be helpful is our only aim and later on in the book it talks about how sometimes we have to drop people um and it's not hurting them it's actually helping them so that they can get to a point 
where they really need help. And my experience in OA has been mostly um, sponsoring people, basically, that come here. Um, I have never, you know, gone out uh, to a bariatric ward where actually we have a meeting in one uh, twice a week in my area. Um, I, I still haven't gone out to ask. It has been my experience over the, you know, the years through phone meetings and through newcomers who come to OA wanting help. And many times they don't really want what OA has to offer until they get desperate. So I'm grateful that I had the gift of desperation. Thank you. And I'll just wrap up by saying that I'm grateful I had the gift of desperation. And when I see that in other people, that's when it really works. Thank you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ravji. Who else would like to share on the two paragraphs read? Janice M. Janice M. Lisa B. Suji. Leah B. Oh, hold on. Okay, hold on. Janice M. And then way before Harlan, and I got Leah, but there was somebody after Janice M. Lisa B. Suji. There you go. It was Lisa B. Suji. Yep, I got you, Suji. Thank you. Okay, we're going to probably stop there just because, make sure we have time. Um, Janice M., Lisa B., Leah M., Harlan G., Sue G., and Lynn S., maybe? Okay, Janice M., go ahead. And thank you so much, Julia. Boy, can I identify with you. Um, My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, happy, excited, compulsive overeater. And this is what it's all about. This is what this chapter is all about. Life will take on a new meaning. Now, if you're new and you're in the food and you go, what is wrong with her? I can't stand that, that she's so excited. Well, you know, I've been in prison long enough. I've had a big price to pay for this disease of mine. Today, I received today. Well, I mean, whenever it was, maybe seven years ago, I received a priceless gift of recovery. And that's why this life of mine today has such a different meaning. And to receive this priceless gift, I had to go through and do some work. But who gave me this priceless gift of recovery, a spiritual awakening, my higher power, through these steps? And that's why this is a promise. This is a promise, the second paragraph. This is what's going to happen to you. And you're going to say, well, some of you will probably think like I did that, uh, you yeah, know, I just came in and get weight. I don't, I'm not interested in all this stuff. I mean, this doesn't, how would you know? Because you haven't experienced it yet. But it says here, we know you will not want to miss it. Well, how do they know? Well, they know because they, it's happened to them. You know, it's like we've, uh, it helps me. By giving this away, this priceless gift, I can give it away. I can tell them about the liabilities that happened in my decades of life. I can explain, and I don't eat. I can tell them how it's an asset today. I can share my experience that, yeah, you know, even though my husband is ill today and um, he's lost a lot of weight and he lost his wedding band the last past couple of days after 53 years I can still don't I still want to help other people 
because that's why I got this gift is to give it away. And it helps me, helps me not to feel self-pity, helps me not to be self-seeking because that would drive me to a restaurant and spend $100 on clothes or whatever. So we will receive this priceless gift. What is it? Helping others. That's the aim. That's the goal. That's the purpose. That's why God gave it to me, and I'm paying it back. I mean, I never thought, never in a million years dreamed of the rewards of working with others <laughs> in, my, in my liabilities to become something that is so unbelievable. No, but when I look back at the beginning that I was so hopeless and that I had nothing to offer, and today life is a different life. It take, It's a new meaning to my life today. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice M. Lisa B. followed by Leah M. Good morning. This is Lisa B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And thank you for your service, Julie. Um, so much jumps out for me. One is when I'm talking to newcomers to not just assume that they are a compulsive overeater. There are heavy eaters out there that would benefit just from a food plan and group support. But a real compulsive overeater of the seemingly hopeless variety, which I am, I need to do the steps. I've got to have that psychic change, that, that personality change, the spiritual awakening that comes as a result of working all 12 steps, not just some of them and stopping, all 12 steps. So I share that with people, but I don't assume that I'm talking to a compulsive overeater. I like to talk with them, ask them questions, find out about them. I refer special editions to them, and I don't have the date here in front of me, but there's a special edition titled, What is a Real Compulsive Overeater? on the special editions part of our website that is so helpful, and that's done a lot of work for me. Um, the other thing is I think about Ebby and in Bill's story, and it says he had come to pass his experience along to him if I cared to have it. So I know who and what I am today. I'm recovered. I have had a spiritual awakening that came about as a result of doing the steps. I don't need to fight about it and argue that and prove that with someone. I've ceased fighting everything and, and everybody, I can carry that message if they care to have it. And I can do it joyfully because most of the time, 99.9% .9 of the time, I'm getting more out of the whole experience of working with others than they are with me. And my sponsor, my recovered guide that I met, um, you know, I introduced myself as a newcomer and I met her through this phone line. She always said to me, Lisa, you have no idea you know, how you're helping me more than I'm helping you. And I used to always say, oh, no, that's ridiculous. You're helping me so much. Now I know what she means. It's the opportunity to guess what? See where God has been. I can't always see God in the moment, but I can see where God has been when I hear the change in them over the phone. I can hear the transformation that's happening. I used to think abstinence was the goal. Now I know that is the key to get in the door. The goal is to get recovered and have that spiritual awakening that comes from all 12 steps, not stopping at 10 or 9, all 12 steps. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. And Leah M. followed by Harlan G. Thank you very much, Julie. Uh, life will take on new meaning to watch people recover, to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish, to see a fellowship grow up about you. 
You know, uh, it's been quite a privilege and an honor over the course of three decades to watch fellowships grow up uh, around me in different communities that I've resided in. And, uh, you know, we're taught in the text we have recovered and have been given the power to help others. This isn't about, you know, uh, personal success. This is obviously about um, what suffering and um, a breakdown, uh, how that can be utilized when when a transformation occurs as a result of these 12 steps. You know, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. It has been, um, you know, the highlight of my life. And let me tell you that, um, you know, I'm saying that, <laughs> and I've, had the uh, remarkable privilege to give birth to uh, uh, many, many souls uh, and to raise them, and the privilege of being in a uh, marriage with an incredible uh, man, and those are highlights of my life as well. But to watch people, you know, there's wording in the AA 12 and 12 that I love because it is my experience. I'd you know, uh, to watch the eyes of men and women open with wonder as they move from darkness into light, to see their lives quickly fill with new purpose and meaning, to see whole families reassemble, to see the alcoholic outcast receive back into his community in full citizenship, and above all, to watch these people awaken to the presence of a loving God. These things are the substance of what we receive as we carry the message to the next compulsive overeater, and that is absolutely the case. However, I I must say, you know, that these fellowships are born out of recovery. They are born out of transmitting something because obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. We have a message of depth and weight because we have had a certain experience. Uh, in my case, you know, uh, you know, I didn't know what I was up against. I didn't know the depths to which this disease would take me. Neither did I know the heights uh, and the substance of life that recovery would take me, but it has, but it has, uh, and so that's a message that, you know, is a privilege to carry, and it's a privilege to watch people be reborn, and it's an honor, and it's a duty, and it's an obligation, and it's a responsibility. It's also just a tremendous pleasure, uh, one of the greatest of my life, and with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah M. Harlan G., followed by Sue G. Good morning, Julie. Thank you for your service this morning, and thank you to Team Tuesday for making this meeting possible. I have um, I've just recently had the experience of going to Chicago for my 45th high school reunion. I graduated Mather High School in 1972. And as I went to Mather and as I cruised the neighborhood and went to my old apartment building and things, a lot of memories came back, and as I saw Dunkin' Donuts and as I saw all the hot dog stands and hamburger stands and pizza parlors, most of them are just in my memory. I remember where they were. They're not there anymore, or they've changed names, whatever. Little did I ever think that from the nightmare and the horror of what that life was in the food, 
would it ever be brought to good use? But God knows what he's doing. He knows how to utilize everything. And it is through that horror and through those tears that I'm able to say that the greatest joy of my life has been to watch others recover and to pass that message to other people. I hear from people all the time, and they want me to sponsor them. And sometimes they're compulsive overeaters, and sometimes they're not, as was mentioned before. And sometimes what happens is the moment I give them something to do, I never hear from them again. That's unfortunate. But what it does is it clears my slate for the people who do want to recover. And I also hear from people who don't want to sponsor. This is a 12-step program, not an 11-step program. I learn more by transmitting than I ever did by studying. I learn more because I see me in you. And when I hear my mishigas coming out of your mouth, it lets me know that I'm not alone, that I'm not unique. And there's something else here that's very important. I cannot underestimate how vital this is. I have to take time every day to stop thinking about me. On page 570 in Appendix 3, Dr. Bauer writes, Alcoholics Anonymous are no crusaders, not a temperance society. They know that they must never drink. They help others with similar problems. In this atmosphere, the alcoholic often overcomes his excessive concentration upon himself, learning to depend upon a higher power and absorb himself in his work with other alcoholics. He remains sober day by day. The days add up into weeks, the weeks into months and years. Every single day it is my pleasure to be of service to other people, and I thank them every day. I say to them, thank you for helping God keep me out of the food for one more day. And if they get as much as I get, they get a lot. This is the greatest labor in the world. And Bill Wilson, my hero, said, when all other measures failed, work with another alcoholic would save the day. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Harlan. Um, Sue G. followed by Lynn S. And hopefully we'll have time so I could put Leah D. in there, which I missed her name. So um, keep that in mind. Thank you. Sue G., go ahead. Good morning. Uh, thank you for your service. This is Sue G. Um, from Michigan, um, recovered by the grace of God. You know, I, they tell us why not to start out as an evangelist reformers. Unfortunately, a lot of prejudice exists. So you don't want to arouse the prejudice. And, of course, Ebby came to Bill, and he I got religion. Uh, but he knew Bill, and he knew Bill's background. But it didn't stop Bill from drinking. It was when he was given the steps. And... Um, in the hospital the third time around and that he put it down for good and he started doing service right away. Um, I love it. 
I've had two sponsees turn around and start sponsoring. And, um, you know, I, I, I get their 11th step and, you know, and it's like, especially the one who's so outspoken in, in it that, you know, that she talks about how how she wouldn't have been this way a year ago and how she would have this and she would have that and she handled it this way and she prayed before the guy came. And, you know, I was just reading it this morning, her 11th step. And, <clears throat> you know, it's it's amazing to watch um, the change, the change in people as a result of, of God using me. And I did bring God in as higher power or power greater. I mean, it comes in right away in step two. So even when you talk to people and you talk to them about alcoholism or about compulsive overeating and you go to a meeting, of course God's going to come up, but you're not going to try to convert them. You're not going to proselytize. And I think that's what they're stressing, the the idea that, you know, you, you of course you're going to bring up that, this, you know, as long as there's a power greater than yourself, you know, I'm I'm not, you know, all I know is, you know, God is and I'm I'm not God. And, um, but you don't push it. And um, so it never, you know, always cooperate, never criticize. I learned that the hard way a long time ago before vision and sponsoring, you know, not to criticize. And uh, it's been very helpful. Um, I always try to cooperate to the the best of my ability and go along with as much as I can as as far as um, how they believe that what the big book is saying. If it doesn't agree with me, then I just say you might be right. Or sometimes, you know, they give me a good idea, something to think about. So... um, so and there there are times when they say go to a minister like in step eleven for the morning upon awakening, and um, and here they're saying go to ministers to find somebody. Um, so there, there's a good use of, of of God all through the big book, but it's never to evangelize, never ever to evangelize or proselytize. With that, I pass. Thank you, CG, and Lynn S. Um, followed by Leah D. Good morning. This is Lynn S., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. This chapter always amazes me because I forget it's in the book. And when I start working with somebody else, I just go gung-ho and off I go and tripping along my merry way. And it amazes me because I know this is a textbook on how to recover in the program of Old Readers Anonymous. I know there are all these directions to follow in order for me to recover, but somehow I have a, I was gonna say brief mental blank spot. Well, a huge mental blank spot when it comes to this chapter. But what I do know is I know the experience of sitting across from somebody and having them look at you dead-eyed and saying, I'm not ready yet. And I can remember the devastation I felt like, how can you not be ready and, and almost wanting to clutch them and grab them and drag them in and saying, okay, well, call me when you are. I don't know where that came from. And that person did eventually end up calling me and we worked for a long time together until they 
stopped working. And I guess truly they weren't ready then or, or it was too much or who knows. I, I, that's the question I'll never be able to answer is why do people stop? But it was an amazing experience for me to let somebody be them. And I've also seen people, and you know how you see them with the dead eyes, and then their eyes light up with recovery. And it's it's a most amazing experience. Remember my sponsor mentioning to me, like when I was reading this chapter, she said, go through and see how many ifs there are. Well, I know there's more than 62. That never occurred to me that there was an if, an option, a different way to go, a possibility, or more important, that there were things that the person had to be ready and willing to do and things I needed to be ready and willing to do, like not evangelize, like not criticize. And this cooperate, never criticize, to be helpful is our only aim. I'm reading that as I'm going out to meet some people today, and I'm thinking, this is not just a line for 12-step work with somebody new. This is almost another creed for me to follow in my dealing with people. If I can cooperate, never criticize, because my only aim is to be helpful, I will lead such a better life, and so will the people around me. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lynn S. And Leah D., you're next. Thank you. My name is Leah D., recovered from Brooklyn. And um, thank you for remembering. (laughs) Um, I love what was shared. Um, I like the line here that says, don't start out as an evangelist or reformer. Um, I've been in the rooms for 42 years, but what I have today is um, 632 days of recovery. And um, I've had a, a spiritual awakening. I've been struck abstinent. I've been struck recovered. But what I haven't been struck is thin. My weight is very, very slow. And I always found all the years that unless you can impress somebody with your numbers, it's hard for them to see. Because where they're really at in this 12-step process is show me the money, you know, show me the numbers. And I think God has struck me humble to be able to learn that this time around, after 42 years, I have to share the recovery from God's way and not to be an evangelist or reformer because I came in here a holy roller and that doesn't work. Um, Learning to give it away from my soul and from a God experience allows me to be quiet and give it away and pray on how to give it away. I do not have the answers. I do not have anything except a recovery to share. I can't make somebody want to do this. I can't make somebody say, okay, show me. When I walk into a room and I see hugely obese people, the first thing I want to do is hand out my card and say, come follow me, follow me. I have the way because my personality is to be the reformer. My personality is to say, let me tell you how to do this. And I found that that is not the answer, and I need to pray on how to give this away. I've been blessed with a sponsee who's been struck like Bill. It's a pleasure to hear. It gives me such joy in my heart for her to appreciate what I have to offer, my strength, hope, and experience. And um, I need more. And, And hearing this this morning will allow me to go out and try Because life will take on a new meaning, and my life is a gift today. And today I'm working on looking at the other side of what I can do to help myself to get the weight moving. And I decided yesterday to ask God to help me do that, not just on what I should eat. 
So I hope to find an overreader today who wants to hear my story so I can share my strength, hope, and experience and be of service. And thank you for remembering me today. I'll pass. Thank you, Leah D. Um, the share ID for Tuesday, August 29th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 10,361. It is now time to close our meeting, and I would um, like to ask Lisa H. to please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Lisa H., uh, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Tennessee. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of the past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.